think that her character is at the level of maturity yet, quite frankly, to where she can take an honest look mm. at herself and be like, well, wait a minute. Am I really to blame in any of this? Like, is that it, maybe there is something to be said for like not running guns blazing into every uh, situation? Um, hey, wait, that's a triple play. New episodes of Kenway. What is going on, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, people of all ages? Welcome back to the AOA show. I'm your host, as always, Ian. Welcome, my boy, Isaiah. Yo, yo, yo. And Gavin. What is Gucci flip flap? <laughs> and today we are going to talk about Tower of God, the webtoon, season two, chapters 205, or episodes rather, 2214. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you didn't check uh, our live stream yet, you definitely want to go catch that. We had a live read through of these chapters. It was a lot of fun. And as per usually, usual, we had folks from our Discord compile some questions that they'd like us to answer or just, you know, catch some of our thoughts on some of the things that we went over and read. Um, and we compiled the seven that we wanted to answer and that got some of the most upvotes. And uh, we're talking about them here today. So if you want to be a part of that for future discussions, definitely join that community Discord. It is in our description. You can find the link there, among many other links for ways that you can support the show. If you do like the content today, make sure you guys are liking, subscribing, hitting that notification bell, sharing with your friends, and commenting your thoughts down below. What did you think of our discussion? Do you agree? Do you disagree? Be civil. Um, what are your What were your thoughts on these chapters in particular, this arc, where we are, and what are your thoughts on Tower of God as a whole? So... Um, hopping into it here. Gavin, why don't you fire us off with the uh, first question? Oh, let's go. First question by Smile, please. Thank All right. Smile. We got, what do you think about uh, Shalil and about Endorsey being destined to fight Viol, uh, which Hots also acknowledged? Predictions, if Bam and Endorsey will ever have to fight against each other with their lives on the line, way down the line. Mm-hmm. Somebody asked us in, in chat. Um, I think you were I think you were using the bathroom for a minute, and they asked Isaiah and I. They're like, "Who do you think would win?" You know, okay. in, the, in the fight. So this was a pretty interesting one in general. Um, I mean, the way the story is going right now, um, you know, there's a pretty good chance that she's going to have to fight him at some point. And even if they get out of this whole debacle that they're in, being that Dorsey, you know, Dorsey, I would assume uh, has to make a choice at some point or another, right? Um, uh, and a more a way more important choice maybe than she's she's made up until now. Um, you know, to ultimately side with not just Jihad, but how everything operates around here, uh, keep her status, you know, become a part of this, of this tower more than just a pawn, you know? Um, and if she does decide to do that, bomb is in direct opposition to that, you know, in one way or another, whether it be through his alias of Jewel Vial Grace or whether it really be bomb himself in, in, in some ways. Um, so, you know, if she continues down this path, I would assume that they'd have to, <laughs> clash at some point or another. It just seems like it's destined. Um, I'm sure they could, they'll find some like route to get them out of it or something like that or, or whatever. And I guess you could argue that in Dorsey, you know, they may not get to that point because in Dorsey within small micro decisions has kind of been making her choice. Um, I guess some could argue as she's been going along, which I could see the argument for that as well. Um, but there will have to be an ultimate decision at the end of the day when she ascends this tower. Hey, are you a princess of Jihad? And if you are, you know what that means, right? You can't you can't have love. You can't do these things. You got to disregard him, et cetera. You can't be helping a knock. Um, so there will be a decision to make. As far as if they fight each other, um, at least right now where we are in the story, um, I would like to give it to the boy 
bomb personally, I think, if they went toe-to-toe. Um, I really don't have a solidified answer on that because it's so hard. And Dorsey is incredibly strong, but so is Bomb, and incredibly overpowered uh, in their own rights. I mean, I think if they weren't toe-to-toe now, the one thing that Bomb might have a disadvantage with is that, you know, he might not be as readily able to kill or incapacitate um endorsey if if it called for it but i could be wrong there because as we saw in these chapters his uh mindset has been kind of shifting um you know from what we used to see and uh who knows endorsey's has as well where at first i'd be like yeah maybe she wouldn't have a problem just kind of laying the hurt on him but i mean she has clearly fallen for him in more ways than one and um it's not just that she's using him or anything at this point at least the way i perceive it so i don't know what do you guys think do you who do you think would win um well i i don't really want to say who'd win because I actually don't think that they're going to fight. Um, yeah, no, no, no. That's in, in purely hypothetical. Yeah, yeah, I mean, winning a fight, I guess, bam, that would be like, but mm-hmm. I'm, I don't really want to go into an explanation about that. I mean, I'm more in the mindset with this question in terms of um, where, like, what is more, what are they destined to do if they're to fight, which Hodge acknowledged. And I feel like with Shibasu's mindset almost switching a little bit in favor of Kuhn and Bam's plan, which became apparent with the whole bomb thing and, you know, kind of setting them up for the fight with Kaiser. And I feel like if there might be a minor altercation with Bam and, and Dorsey in terms of them maybe getting into, like, a minor fight, but I don't think it's going to be anything really major where they're going to kind of have, like, the gun to each other's throat and be like, I'm going to off you. Like, at the end of the day, I feel like Endorsey's going to go through her growing pains and, you know, encounter Bam with Kaiser and... That's going to lead to something. But at the end of the day, I feel like if Shibasu had this mind switch, I feel like it's going to come down to everybody looking at her and being like, okay, now Shibasu's on Kuhn's side and Bam's side. You know, you really just need to kind of go along with it because this just isn't going to work no matter what way you go to take it. And that's just what I feel like is going to happen, like, ultimately, is that she's going to be swayed a little bit, and then she's going to encounter Bam with Kaiser. There might be a little back and forth, but ultimately it's going to kind of reside into her kind of following along with Bam and doing his thing. And I guess that's just my thoughts on it. I really don't think that they're going to fight just because of the relationship that they have. And I could be completely wrong with it. And she might really fight him, but ultimately I don't see it really going past anybody dying. But, you know, more her kind of just shifting her mindset again in favor of Bam. Fair enough. So that's what I feel. Isaiah, what do you think? And specifically, um, you know, on the question, if there's something that comes down the line, doesn't necessarily have to be now. Um. Uh, I don't, I don't think so. I, I kind of agree with Gavin in the sense that like, but what's more to my point is I think that ultimately they might acknowledge that like, you know, their the paths that they're on now down the line might lead to an altercation. Like ultimately if Endorsey is to pursue the being a prince of Jihad and bomb is to pursue being bomb, um, but Hotz has that line in the chapters where he's like, even if they are, if that's something that's fated to be, if this is destiny, I think I'd rather fight destiny than my friends. I think that ultimately they are both going to come to the decision of like, if this is what people say or if this is what our, where our trajectories are forcing us to fight, um, we'd rather oppose that. Like we'd rather oppose the system that's forcing that onto us rather than just fight each other. Like, because... I, th- I think ultimately their connection, whatever it's going to be, um, is going to be more t- to each of them than like Bomb wanting to do whatever he's trying to do and, and Dorsey being a princess of Jihad. I think now it's like 
kind I wouldn't even say it's like kind of tough to say because like Bomb's mind is is still changing, you know, he's still kind of like trying to cement what it is like his purpose and 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 who he is. Um but and Dorsey does clearly seem to be um going down a path of like, you know, this position as a princess of jihad like is not definitely doesn't seem to be worth more to her than people. Otherwise, I don't think she'd be here. I don't think she would be risking her neck for a knock. I don't think she'd be risking her neck for Shibasu. Anybody. She wouldn't be on this team. She would like if she wanted to be if she cared more about being a princess of jihad than being a friend to, you know, these teammates, she could just sit back and do nothing. She could like this her her path, her trajectory would have been so much easier. So I think ultimately we've already seen signs that like to each other, like their relationships with each other and subsequently their friends like means more to them than, you know, whatever fate has in store for them. Mm. Yeah. All right. Cool. 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 Thank you. Smile. Uh, so next question comes from dark North emperor it says the complicated nature of her being abandoned by the low po clan, the bullshit nature of the test she was put through as a princess candidate, her being exploited by her family how much of an impact has SIU created with just this quick backstory as it refers to um, to Kaiser? Um, also, does this justify all of Kaiser's actions afterward? Uh, is anybody have thoughts? Uh, yeah, so I I think that it's the... I, I think it's, it's definitely interesting and, like, getting her backstory definitely lets me sympathize with her a little bit. Like, again, there's so many, this tower is like so large and there's so many people in it. It's so easy to forget. Like it's easy to forget that when you hear like one person's story and one person's struggle and to be like, wow, like this person has just been absolutely like, you know, the definition of fucked over by this tower and the system. Um, but Mr. Refugio had a pretty shitty circumstance. You know what I mean? We we this she's not the first person or character we've met who has been fucked over and wronged by the tower. Um, you could I would you know I would argue to say that some of our uh, you know our heroes protagonists whatever you want to call them um, have also been fucked over by the tower. So I think it's it's one thing to be fucked over by the by this system and clearly the her being part of the Lopo Baron family sort of accentuates that because it's not like she'd be a princess from a, you know, she, she wouldn't be in Enderosi's position where she's a princess, but not from one of the 10 families. Like she's from the Lopo, but like that holds even more weight and more pressure on her ultimately. Um, but like, I, I don't know. I, I definitely don't think at the end of the day, it excuses anything she's done. I mean, you know, bomb has that line, which kind of wraps up my thoughts, which is that like, at the end of the day, you have still tortured, hurt, destroyed and ruined innocent people's lives. Um, and you know what I mean? Like one wrong action does not excuse another. You know what I mean? Just because one person was wrong doesn't mean you get to do wrong things to other people who had mm -hmm. nothing to do. Like you know what I mean? So it, it, at least in my uh, eyes, that's really where I'm at. Sure, Gavin. Anything? I don't know. I definitely feel for her more than I'd say other character or other um, antagonists that we've come to deal with. And I don't know. I just feel like. You know, it comes down to, at the end of the day, it's your choice whether you're going to wrong people or not. And, you know, how you're really going to follow those hardships and move on from them and progress. I just feel like in her case, she's really been um, she's really been grappled by her family in terms of even if she really wants to be a better person, it's almost she's unable to. There's no route that she's ever going to be able to escape or escape the Jihad family and their grasp. And it's like, even like, I feel for her in the terms of there really is no correct path that she can go down, which ultimately leads to her demise, which I feel like 
is more of an excuse than I've seen other antagonists in terms of going down the path that she has and really feeling like there's no way out. Um, because at the end of the day, I feel like she didn't, she, back when she was younger, I feel like she might've had a, she definitely had a different mindset than what she was forced into. So if she had some sort of redemption arc in terms of meeting Bam, I mean, uh, there's really no chance of her. It's going to lead to her death. I mean, there's really no other way around this unless they somehow like, I, I just mean like, I feel like she's going to have to die anyway, but if there was a way to bring her redemption in terms of create or like having the possibility in, you know, having a better life and being a more positive person. Like I feel like she is redeemable in a sense. And I would be okay with that redemption because I don't know. I feel like a lot of the problems that she has had to deal with, there really was no way for her to overcome them. Honestly, like I don't, she couldn't have just like escaped in the tower or gone down a better path. Like she was pretty much literally forced in this position and is like, you're never leaving. So like, what else? Like, I, I don't know. I really couldn't feel like that. She could have done anything on her own volition behind the scenes to do a positive, you know, do positive deeds or whatever, because ultimately her situation just forced her to literally, you can't do anything. Um, so I feel for her. I honestly, let me see with, does it just, I don't think it justifies all of her actions, obviously, because she did horrible things, but I would say that I could see redeem, uh, redeemable causes with her and I would be happy if she was able to see said redemption or at least work for it and I would get back behind her and she would have my support, but it doesn't justify everything. However, I can feel sympathy for what she has gone through. So yes, I think that is my two cents on it. So would you, um, so I, I guess I could uh, just to play devil's advocate here. Mm -hmm. I guess there could be an argument leveled though against that, that, um, she does have a choice Especially when she, well, she technically has a choice, but she, I guess the, it comes, becomes abundantly clear, um, at least to me, when she finds out that the upper people of Jihad and, and the Tenegrae families had no intention of her ever paying off said debt. Mm -hmm. um, so at first she's forced into said situation and they say, okay, you do this until you pay off your family's debt. Mm -hmm. But then there's a point where she doesn't, you know, she realizes and she's fully cognizant of the fact that she's never going to pay said debt mm -hmm. um, and chooses to keep doing it anyway. So mm -hmm. do your feelings, do your feelings toward her uh, change ever so slightly or not? Uh, do you hold her a little more accountable once she's aware of the knowledge that there was like that she no matter if she keeps on doing this, she's not getting out anyway and then continues? Or do you think she's the, all the same or just curious? My, my view doesn't change at all, because at the end of the day, you're still you like for her to rule against her family again, like she's in this position because of the disgrace that she's brought on them. And, you know, she's trying to work that off. So not only is she living with that guilt, what is she going to do? Like, you can't just bring up to him and be like, all right, my net, my debt's never going to get paid off. Like, let's figure this out. They're going to be like, no, you're dead. Like, there's no, mm. there's no sweet talking in that regard. Like, there's literally no way that she can get out of that situation that doesn't lead to her own demise. Like, you can't delegate it, especially when it's like, you already owe these people something. Like, what are you going to do? Are you just going to become like an ex-convict and just try to escape within the tower? Like, that's the thing where in my eyes, I can see why she feels like there is no escape because I really don't think that she is, especially because of her ties with the Lopo Byron family and being a part of that. Like it's not something that you could just walk away from unscathed without expecting a target on your back at the end of it. So um, do you think the, 
so I guess the only alternative, at least in in, in eyes right now, would be death, right? Mm-hmm. So do you think that her actions are more excusable, less excusable? Um, do you think that there's a valid option of just being like, yeah, I will quite literally bite the bullet um, for this scenario so that it limits said suffering or, or system? Um, or do you think that it's, it's, it's all or nothing? Um, well, I honestly, I think if she bites the bullet, that's not going to save, or that's not going to solve the situation. They're just going to put another person there like Mm -hmm. at the end of it. So Mm -hmm. it's like, that's the thing where I don't even feel like there's any duality with her taking her life because this shit's still going to go on. Like, so that's why, again, I feel like if there's any point of redemption in meeting Bam and going through this and like at least having that option, I feel like she's the character that a deserves said redemption and would actually have the ability if cut the ties from her family to move and grow and live a better life to positive, it pos- positively impact people. It's not a switch, a, like a light switch by any means, but like I just feel like if given the opportunity and like a solid chance that from other antagonists that we've seen, she would be able to make that move. Although, again, I'm not justifying everything that has happened because it's messed up, but I feel like compared to other people, like I just can't see like an option where she could have just bailed out or do anything differently. Like she got tricked in the beginning and then literally thrown into this roller coaster. Like there wasn't a point where she was like, Oh, I have the option. I don't want to do this. Like this is messed up. Like, no, honey, you're you're messing with this and you're doing it for the long haul. Like you have no way out. So I don't know. I feel for so that. just one last so would you say or could you say that arguably it would be better for her once again, once she learns that um there's no like that there's no intent to pay off this debt and that she's basically being forced to do this kind of for the fuck of it. Um, that there's more merit to her character if she were to be like, you know what, even if I can't beat the system, even if I can't stop this entire or- organization from going on, like I don't want to be a part of it. I don't want to be the one pulling the trigger here. Um, then the latter of her just being like, well, it's already going to happen, so I might as well lay down and take it. I, it's a valid. That's a valid thought. But the thing is, for someone who's been so literally psychologically and physically beaten up, I don't think that like it's easy to say, obviously, to be like, oh, this stuff has happened. Just F it. Let's move on. But at the end of the day, she has literally been beat down for thousands of years, like until you're at that point where you're at rock bottom, where it's going to take like a group and a half of people to pull you back from it. Like, and that's why I think if meeting Bam and having that light, she would then find some sort of salvation, but to find it within herself from everything that she's went through or everything that she's been through, I feel like it very much is easier said than done than just be like, Oh, say fuck it and just move on and live a better life and be happier. Like I just feel like for everything that has happened against her, like I can see, I feel more sympathetic in terms of why she feels those things. And it makes it that much harder to just climb up. Although not impossible, I just, I can see validity in the actions that has been taken. Mm. Okay, fair enough. Uh, So moving on to the next question. Isaiah, you want to kick us off? So next question is also by Smile. He says, thoughts on Bam feeling the need for godlike power to keep everyone safe and Kuhn telling him it's okay to choose sides and not always be fair to stay human. Thoughts? Um, I I like it. I think that there's. I think one of the things I love most about this story is just is how complex the situations and circumstances can get in sort of the blink of an eye. Um, and I think that to be honest, uh, Bomb has had so many people in his life and in his his corner recently. You know, whether we're talking about Fug, uh, you know the 
you know, people like the, the Jihad family, whoever, telling him that he has to take this stance, right? Whether it's like, you need to be the god of fuck. You need to be the slayer. You need to be the one who, you know, brings down like the ultimate execution hammer and, and says, you know, gives the final uh, yes or no on this whole situation. Um, that it's like, I, I, I it's kind of nice to have for him to have somebody in his corner that like reminds him and it's like no dude like at the end of the day you are not a god though like you have these powers but like being a god is not just about having super strength or or whatever like you are just a person like anybody else here and you're prone to make the same sorts of decisions and mistakes that anybody can make and like that's what people do people make decisions sometimes that are you know uh, I guess reasonably unfair or, or, you know, not a hundred percent logistic because people are oftentimes, you know, whether it's caught up in your emotions or, you know, swayed by bias or whatever you want to call it. Um, you know, it's probably a, a little bit of a hot take, but I, I like seeing Bam become more human in that aspect and like make definitive, make definitive decisions that like say yes to one person and no to another um, because it makes him feel more real. It makes him feel more like a person to me. And I think that, that struggle ultimately is is just a little bit more engaging to me and I would assume other v- readers um, than like this guy who's like trying to become a god and make the best possible decision every time because you're not going to you can't do that with a story this big and especially if it's going to get bigger um, it's impossible there is no such thing as like the definitive best right play right you got to make a decision and you know between A and B and sometimes that means leaving A or B high out to dry but like that's that's what people do here you know mm-hmm. what I mean that's 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 my thoughts. Yeah, I agree. Gavin? <laughs> I guess my first thought when I read that question is, uh, what, and I kind of felt it when I first read it, when Bam referenced, you know, like, if I had attained this godlike power, you know, I can make that difference. And in my mind, like, honestly, Death Note vibes were screaming, where I was like, you may have, like, because obviously we've seen Bam not make the best decisions almost out of, you know, you can say selfish, like, needs and desires. So my thought is he isn't at that mental... Um, fortitude to be able to really have the godlike powers and i would say use it appropriately because we have seen instances where it's quite apparent where he can use it inappropriately so but again when you get that balance from coon it kind of like puts those thoughts on the wayside because you have someone who is able to almost um settle bam down and really solidify him where his place is in earth and just like in society and be able to say no you you don't have to have all this on your back like you're a person you have friends who you're able to just like disperse the load to and we're all in it together and you know we're fine like you don't necessarily yes the power is going to benefit us but like don't feel like you need to attain it and be the sole proprietor in terms of fixing everything because then you're really going to turn into a situation where you're only going to be fixing what you think is right and not being able to step back and look at different scenarios from other viewpoints where, you know, Kuhn comes into play. So, you know, it's, it's interesting to see as we move forward, how getting more power is really going to affect Bam's mindset. And I'm curious to see if it's going to make him more selfish or if it's going to stay balanced in terms of his team and bouncing ideas and thoughts, because that is, honestly a scare of mine and coon where if Bam gets more power how are we going to control it because very easily Bam can go off on his own stuff and be like I'm not listening to anybody uh, you know I'm doing my own thing because I have the power to so definitely going to be interesting to see it as it moves forward and you know hopefully he just keeps a good mindset and just doesn't take selfish do, do selfish things mm-hmm. so yes well might as well stay on your camera because uh, you got the next question my friend uh, the next question we have number four thoughts on uh, Endorsey's reckless nature is it time for her to curb it? 
or is it something that sets her apart from others? And what do you think her attempt to take Bam's name? Oh, think about her attempt to take Bam's name. Switch it over to you guys. Sure. Yeah. Uh, breaking down the question here. Um, thoughts on Dorsey's reckless nature. She's reckless. <laughs> she's, she's reckless. That's 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 her that's her character. You know what I mean? Like, there's really not many thoughts to have on it. Um, to be honest, past what I've probably stated in prior things, um, obviously she doesn't make the best decisions all the time, and her reckless nature <clears throat> uh, can get her in trouble, as we've seen here. Uh, she's just been very fortunate in the sense that she is incredibly powerful as compared to most of the opponents she goes up against. Um, so this reckless nature doesn't, you don't really see many of the downsides because she usually just bops whoever on the head she needs to <laughs> and then it's done, right? Yeah. And like, so she, she doesn't learn. Um, and a lot of destruction and struggle forces growth. So with her character, sometimes it's like, I think they even, um, they might have referenced this in one of the things where it was like, or in the blog posts, I think, um, where it was like, you know, you have to understand like bomb is someone that's completely opposite from like the princesses or people from the 10 great families, mm -hmm. because their whole thing is that they're already gifted, um, with this ridiculous ability. Uh, so they don't have to put as much time and effort into the actual training of their body, the, yes. all this kind of stuff. And they really just kind of more perfect the techniques or whatever it is, right. To go above and beyond. So it's anything like in real life when you're endowed with incredible ability sometimes, or if maybe you're very wealthy by, you know, and you, you didn't have to do much for it, you can feel entitled. You can be reckless. You can be impulsive. Um, sometimes you're not. Sometimes it's not the case. Some people are exempt from that. Um, but, you know, a lot of the times you see it and Endorsey is no exception. So, I mean, you know, at this point, it's like, I, you know, that's her character. It is what it is. And like, I understand why she's like that. Do I agree with it? Not really, but again, she's never been in a situation where it's really had much of a downside until now, and we all knew this time was coming, right? Like, there has to be, a, a, like, unless she's the most powerful character in the story, which she's not, there has to be an event at some point or another where she hits a brick wall, and it's like, oh, I can't just hit this with a hammer anymore, right? There's not a nail for me to hit. I have to actually find out a way to maneuver around this wall um, or jump over it or get under it, and, like, that's something that's really not you know, part of her, uh, part of her thing. Um, you know, it can be, but she doesn't have, she's never really had too much time to flex those muscles or train them. So she's now kind of between rock and a hard place. So it is what it is there. Um, in terms of, is it time to curb it? I mean, it's been time to curb it since the, the rip, <laughs> to be honest with you. But again, for the reasons I just stated, we are where we are. Um, or is it something else that sets her apart from others? Definitely sets her apart. Reasons I said, um, you know, she has the ability to be set apart from others because of how much latent talent and ability she's been given and gifted. Mm -hmm. um, it just, you know, it is what it is. And, and you know, it does make for, I guess, an interesting character because we can't have everyone that's like calm, cool, collected the entire time and whatever because then you have a bunch of robots, you know what I mean, going into it. She's very emotional. It is what it is. Um, and says, what do you think about her attempt to take Bomb's name? Um, so this is probably one of the more hot take mm -hmm. things that had happened within the course of the stream and even afterwards, right? Because uh, although it wasn't exactly this, this question, it, this question kind of gets enveloped in the overall question of like, why? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, why did they have to come here? Why do they have to do this? Why aren't people talking more often? Why aren't like, why are you being selfish? Or why are you being selfish? Are your motives justified, et cetera, when it comes to, Bomb's team versus uh, Shibasu's team, right? In in all the pickles they've been caught up in. Um, 
I, yeah, I definitely don't think uh, it's the right move to take it by force, but I do understand why Endorsey feels like she needs to. Um, she does feel cheated. She feels like her feelings are not being justified. And she feels that, you know, Bam is basically choosing Rachel over her, at least at this point. It isn't until after that Bomb explains, he says, hey, this isn't just for Rachel. I might be able to find something out about myself. But again, um, you know, Endorsey sees my life is on the line. You know, I like you, like Rachel clearly betrayed you. Like, why are you like, this is a big deal that, that you're throwing, you know, you're in her terms, I would say, throwing me under the bus, right? Leaving me, abandoning me. Um, so I can totally see her reasoning for taking, um, for wanting to take bombs name by force. I think she thinks she's pushed against the wall, right? There is no other option um, for her. And it's really not in her character, like I had stated, to go, into a 40 chess game. You know what I mean? And think about like every single contingency. She's like, I'm strong. I smash things. That's what I do. So this is what, this is the route I'm seeing. These are my feelings and you're hurting them. So it's like, this is, this is where I am. Uh, do I think it's right? That's another topic of discussion, but I, I understand why. So yeah. Yeah. Oh, like your watch keeps on hitting the stand. That oh, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Anyone else, if they had any thoughts. Um, so yeah. Uh, thoughts on her and reckless nature. Is it time to curb it? Kind of agree with Ian's sentiment where it was time to curb it the day we met her. <laughs> um, but I don't agree with, like, I guess so much that, well, that's her character, so we kind of just got to stick with it. I think the idea behind her character growing, and not by her own nature, because she's not just going to wake up one again, like you said, if she's if she is somebody who's been drenched in this culture of, like, dog-eat-dog world, mm. she's not just going to wake up one day and be like, well, maybe I could not do that. Yeah. But I would say that's the point of her friends and, more importantly, her teammates, right? Those are people who can very much ground her and make her, or pr at the very least, present her another alternative that is not something she would have thought of. Because if Enderosi's sure. only options are, I feel things and I smash things, you know, I would venture that maybe someone like Shibasu would be like, well, hold on, let's <laughs> maybe there's a different alternative that is not about smashing something or hurting somebody. Like, maybe we, you know what I mean? Um... Because I do think that Endorosi's character doesn't work unless it gets out of that that like that rut, right? If she stays in this place of being this like power hungry, super strong, emotional monster, <laughs> um, like the character fails, right? She th this character doesn't gain any more complexity and doesn't get any better or grow unless she grows, unless she learns to realize that like a the world is not black and white. It's not all about ultimatives, like. I think the fact of the matter is, through the chapters we read, even though Shibisu and Hots and the rest of that team take the stance that they do initially, we do, by the end set of those chapters, you know, around 2, 13, 14, um, see them come around and be like, look, I'm not, like, what I what we did was not the best way of going about what we did, but, like, this is why we did it. Um, which, in my eyes, however small it may be, is recognition, right? It is, it is uh, a, um, you know, it is them taking the appropriate amount of blame for whatever the, the circumstances are that they're in. We've not seen Enderosi do any of that. And we, because I don't think that her character is at the level of maturity yet, quite frankly, to where she can take an honest look mm. at herself and be like, well, wait a minute, am I really to blame in any of this? Like, is that, it, maybe there is something to be said for like not running guns blazing into every uh, situation. Um, so ultimately I do think it's time for her to curb it. I don't, I do think unfortunately it's going to take, um, I think, after this arc, because I think now that Shibasu and Hot and the team collectively have had a, a moment of self-reflection, they can sort of hopefully pass that on to her and be sure. like, look, Enderosi, like, we're going to do this thing. Like, we need to talk. This, like, this has to, we have to be, 
we have to be able to communicate in this way with each other. And like, we all need to be able to look back and look at ourselves introspectively about what's going on. Cause although, cause if, cause it's, to me, it was just, it was very apparent in this conversation here when Bomb says, look, we're going after, we, we need uh, Kaiser's name because Yuri wants it. We need it to get to the floor of death because that's where Rachel's going. And I need to find out more about my past and I need to find out, you know, I, there's answers up there as to who I am and what maybe what my role is in being here. Um, but instantly her instantly taking that and removing everything else, but the Rachel part and then turning it on bam, as if he's making this about an ultimative between her and Rachel is a clear sign of immaturity in my book. It's a clear sign that she's not actually listening to him or actually taking his explanation into account. Because again, it's one thing to be like, well, Enderosi's life is on the line. You should just give her what she wants. But I would reiterate that if everybody is just giving Enderosi what she wants all the time, or she takes it by force, again, how the fuck is that character supposed to grow? How is she supposed to learn anything? Like characters, this is why characters, they need L's. They need mm. solid moments where they get fed some humble pie and they have a moment where they lose. They lose something and it's their fault. And they reconcile with that and they learn and understand that it's their fault so that they, in the future, are like, yes, my actions do have consequences and I can't just do whatever I want. Mm. Yeah, it's definitely a harsh one, unfortunately, in this scenario, because yeah, it's I, not, I agree with you 100%. Um, but uh, yeah, it does definitely suck in the sense that um, this L is your dead. <laughs> so like, yeah, that's, it's, that's a pretty big L because you can't recover or grow from that because you're well, dead. So now, you know like, what I mean? I think, so it's, like, it's kind of tough. What we could, what I would take away from this is that it's like, Enderosi's goal here was to come and get Kaiser's name so that she could free get the Lopoba family off of Anak's back. Now, this comes from the word of the Lopoba family, so I'm sort of in this camp initially of like, well, why are we so trusting with their word? But that aside, it's there is no, you know, let's say she doesn't die from this altercation, right? But ends up not being able to get Kaiser's name, so now she has to be sort of like forcefully on the run or whatever with the team and with Anak. Like, that is still a loss. They did not. They were not able to accomplish their goal. But again, it was be, it was partially because of Derosi's recklessness and need to just jump in and punch this problem before talking about it or looking it over. And so again, like there's, I think there's lessons that she that can be taken from this that aren't just like, well, the, like here's your L and it's your death. Like I think she can still take this loss and learn from it without her having to die. Mm. Um, but yeah. So question for you. So say, I mean, I am. 99, no, I'm 100% sure this is not going to be the route they take. But I just want to throw a hypothetical. Say there's, say the story goes in such a way where this all happens and Endorsey dies. Mm -hmm. Like, literally, she dies, right? Like, that's like the from thing. this thing? Yeah, from this okay. encounter, they hunt her down, they kill her, right? Because of this. Um, do you think that that death or that punishment um, is justified? Do you, do you think it's like, well... You had it coming, you know what I mean, for, like, the things you did? Or do you, like, you think there's a little more sympathy involved? Do you think there could have been, you know, play on maybe the opposite side, uh, maybe on Bomb's side to be like, you know, maybe we could hash it out like this, where we do something like that, et cetera. Um, does, like, your mindset change at all, or do you think it stays relatively the same? I mean, like, I get, like, a little bit of, like, uh, of course, like, I get there's more sympathy. She died. She's dead now. So it's like, that sucks. Um, if any of these characters died, that would suck. But like, I don't think it, then it's like, I, you know, it would make everything I just said irrelevant. I, I don't think it changes my mindset in the sense that like, no, she's done absolutely nothing up to this point of any sort of introspection of any sort of like falter or thought on her character. There is literally no point where she blames anybody else for these circumstances or, or where she blames 
everybody else but her for these circumstances? You know, why isn't Bomb just listening to me? Why aren't these guys just doing what I'm telling them to do? Why don't we just go in there and, like, you know, beat up or fight X or Y person? And it's like, well, that's not the point here, right? If if everybody, again, is just giving her what she wants, and let's, we could then argue, though, that the trade-off for saving Enderosi is killing Bomb. We don't know what's going to happen if Bomb doesn't get if Bomb either A ends up being staying having to stay here as a servant or B and not being the one that gets Kaiser's name. So like mm-hmm. is it fair to say that Enderosi should live because she's what? Enderosi? Because she's a princess of Jahan? Yeah. Well, I think that one's a little shaky because Bomb does have his name. He doesn't have it taken. Nor does he have nor like so he's not um endangered of staying of like having to be subjugated there. Um it, it's a matter of him taking Kaiser. I don't know why Kaiser keeps on evading me. Kaiser so say him taking Kaiser's name as a as a you know to fulfill his thing to want, get to Rachel and find more about himself. So I don't think it's like well, either I, I, I guess or Bam dies. But well, I but I'm I guess I'm saying that's I don't because I don't think Norsey's gonna die on in no. This, I'm uh, like a thousand percent sure she's not. But yeah, I'm in just scaffold either. You know, but I guess that's my point. Is I like, like the moral question. Is it's like well, what if Enderosi <laughs> dies? And it's like well, what if Bam dies? Again, leaning in the yeah, moral questions. Well, it's I, like I guess it, I guess my point in that is that it is. In this current scenario, even though again, I don't, she's not going to die. But like in this current scenario, taking taking the hypothetical, the prospect of death for Endorsey is a million times higher, right? Because it's blatantly said, "If you do not do this, we will hunt you down and kill you." Whereas in bomb scenario, it's it's not so blatantly clear. There would have to be a bunch of different routes and things that circumvent and intersect for it to be like, okay, it resulted in your death. So I think. At, I, and you could break down those things all day, right? You could come to the end of the day. Well, if Bomb doesn't do this, then he doesn't get there. He doesn't get there, and then he dies. But like in the moment, this is what we have to work off of. You know, if you don't, if you don't accomplish this goal, we kill you. If you don't accomplish this goal, you don't get X information, which could result to shit later on. But you know what I mean? Like we don't know. So I guess it's like how much info do you? How much? How do I word this? Like how much info do you need from like either side or like how much do you how much do you need to be able to like slightly peer into the future if possible before you either do like have maybe more sympathy or understanding or maybe be like okay this is we need to have a change of plan or you don't. Like is there anything, you know what I mean? Like I guess so, it's it's if like let's say Yuri was the one who came to Endorsey. Yeah. And she was like, "Yo, I can make sure that uh either the Lopo by uh, family or maybe even just these two twins or whoever stays off you and in Ox cases. I am going to need Kaiser's name though, like to do some, you know, to do some shit, right? Yeah, she works yeah. it or whatever. Um, then in, in innately, there's more sympathy in there for me because Yuri is in my mind, a trusted source. Mm. The twin sisters of the Lopa Ren family who are actively trying to get rid of not only Enderosi and Anak, but Kaiser are not a trusted source, mm. right? These people coming to Enderosi and being like, Hey, um, all right, tell you what, like, we'll get off your guys' back. You just got to get rid of Kaiser for us. It's like, well, wait a minute. I mean, and granted, the backstory, Enderosi doesn't have the backstory that we have, but it's like, if we know they don't value Kaiser as a part member of their family, they don't value Enderosi, they don't value Enoch, it's like, you're going this hard and fighting to get this name for people who, we could argue, are just going to kill you after you do it. You know what I mean? You don't have that safety and security you're saying of like, oh, I just got to get the name and then we'll be fine. 
is falsified in my mind. So it feels sure. weird to like bank everything on that when it's yeah. like, it, it, like for me as a, uh, obviously it's, like I said, it's different for the characters. They don't have perspective. But like for me, it's different to be like, well, if you, we just give her the name, she'll be fine. Because again, we, uh, like the bomb thing, like we don't know if she'll be fine. We don't, these sisters could literally turn around and just clock and like yeah. clock these two orts to be like, all right, thanks for killing Kaiser, but like the hunt's still on. Sure. And then they're fucked. Yeah, yeah. No, I get it. Yeah, I, I think um, I agree with a lot of your points, I will say. So, you know, I, I do um, I do think that the the potential punishment for this that I guess, you know, Bomb Kuhn are kind of administering, um, whether intentional or, you know, not, it just comes with the territory, um, is definitely a little harsh. Uh, I do think it's a, I think it's a little overkill, no pun intended. Um, I do think Endorsey needs to grow a lot as a character. That's actually one of my reasons that, um, <laughs> funnily enough, like when people are like, oh, she's totally like the waifu material of the story that like, I just haven't been able to put her in that box personally. Cause I think she's very, at least it's still at this point in the story, very immature. Um, and just like a young teenage girl, you know what I mean? It's like, I want what I want and I'm going to get it. And if I don't get it, like I'm going to throw a fit and whatever, um, which I don't really jive with. And hopefully we get past that at some point. Um, but I do think it's a pretty harsh punishment for be like, okay, you jacked up, like your alternative is death, you know? And like, it's one thing to be like, well, you technically don't know. Cause like down the lake could betray you. They could do this. Like, you know, bomb not doing it could do this, blah, blah, blah. But like, I do feel at the end of the day, it's like, Okay, these are what these are the facts that we have to work with. If we don't get if we don't accomplish X mission, we know 100% that I that X person is going to die. If we get if we complete this, we're still probably 50/50. But I guess it's just ever tilting the scale potentially in that favor um is, you know, noteworthy, I think, um as com- compared to X other thing. I think and Dorsey definitely makes mistakes. I think she definitely hopped in, but we even had uh, SIU in the blog posts um, saying something along those lines where he s- seemed to have shown a slight amount of sympathy towards it being that, you know, she was coming here to help X person. And although she definitely has rushed in and like made mistakes, I, I, I think the potential of death is a pretty, it's like kind of an overkill lesson. That that's my opinion. I think I give maybe in Dorsey, and not because she's in Dorsey, because again, I don't really care, but I think I give her a little more sympathy in this scenario. And I do think that it's not all like, oh, this is one person's fault as compared to the other. Not that you said that, but I'm just saying in general. Um, and I think, you know, at the end of the day, Kuhn and Baum have their own reasons. You could call them selfish or not, um, you know, to do what it is that they do. And, and Dorsey right now is essentially, you know, they is treated as a rival, as an enemy. And, um, you know, they even make their decision with the potential that she dies. So I think that's a, that's, you know, it's a pretty big one. I I definitely agree that that it is a big, uh, trade-off or big L to swallow. Um, but I would argue that like, with a character like Endorsey, where she's not just prideful, she's not just stubborn, like she's disgustingly stubborn and she's incredibly prideful. I mean, this is a woman who will do wrong and then spit in your face and be like, why did you do that? Um, I would argue that especially in a story like this, what greater motivation is there to end up learning from and having an introspection than like, wow, I could have died from that shit. Like I really need to, like it's, I think it's time to take a step back and really look at myself in the mirror and be like, am I am I the one causing some of these problems? Yeah. And not to say that like this scenario then turns her into the perfect person or, but it's just, I don't know. I think it's a hard I, L to take, but I, it's a I hard think, 
like, like that's what we need. Yeah, I think though the the only thing that my issue the only thing my issue with this is that I feel like that argument is being purveyed from someone who knows she's not going to die, and I would agree with you there. But I think it's a different story when you genuinely have no clue, like you could literally die, because like a lot of it is purveyed as oh when this is over and when she when she gets out of this and realize I could have died. You know what I mean? But like there is, you know, for equating this to the moral dilemma of the real life situation and not knowing that this is, you know, just a story, um, we might not even get that scenario. So I think it's it's a pretty harsh, I, I think she definitely needs to learn her lessons, but I think there's like this middle ground between, you know, exerting yourself and, and, and not, um, yeah, that like, I think, you know, the fact that we don't know if she could die, like, I don't think it's fair to say that it's like when she gets out of the scenario, you know, well, like she's okay, not getting fair enough. Pillow, but I guess know? what I meant is that like, Enderosi's not the only character that's been punished with the possibility of death because mm-hmm. of their actions. So it feels weird to excuse her from that circumstance, especially because she is responsible for putting herself yeah. in it just because, like... Well, I guess because she's their thing. friend, you know what I mean? And I think that's where the biggest thing is implied here, where it's like, if we took some Joe Schmo from, like, side character fodder or whoever the hell, uh, we probably, A, wouldn't be going this hard into this conversation in general, but B, I think that's where the biggest line is, and that's where potentially someone could land on, you know, Endorsey's side or the other side, is that in the end of the day, we do know Endorsey. Bomb knows in Dorsey. There's even potential, you know, there's something like a spark there. Kuhn, although he has his problems with her, knows in Dorsey. And like they kind of refer to her as like, these aren't our friends. Even Shibasu says it's like, we're not friends to them. You know, like this is this is what it is. Um, or at least she was in that scenario. So I, th- I think that's what makes it hit a little closer to home is the sense that it's like, I don't think it's necessarily you know, like I'm not doing this. It's not me defending Endorsey because it's Endorsey individually. I think it's me being like, it's a, it's a pretty hard punishment to potentially administer being that this isn't some rando that you find off the side of the street. Like this is someone that has been with you. You know what I mean? Like kind of like for a lot of, of what's been going on and like, it's very personable, you know, which makes it a little, a little harder for me. But anyway, I'm sorry. I fucking, I just kind of Gavin, you could have thoughts, by the way. If you want to go off, I apologize. We kind of went back and forth there. But I am curious to know whether Gavin wants to say so or not what the audience thinks. Uh, I know there was definitely some argumentation within the chat during the live stream for a long while. (laughs) And the Discord. Uh, This seems to be the biggest topic of discussion here. Um, So in a civil way, if you guys have any sort of thoughts on this overall thing here, um, what are they? We'd love to know them in the comments down below. But Gavin, I apologize for taking up so much time there. Do you have anything to say? Honestly, well... I couldn't even begin to just backtrack on all that. So pretty much spark note, <laughs> I'm copy I, I follow most of what Isaiah's thoughts on it. I mean, at the end of the day, I'm like, look, if push comes to shove, you have a target on your back, you're going to through this whole process. Like you're literally teammates with an knock. Like if it's not now, it's gonna be later. You're gonna have the ten great families after you. Like you already like like bam. So there's just for me, this is just inevitable, whether in the future or now. So you all are with each other, literally, if the sisters are going to come at you and kill them, at least have Bam and Coon there and everybody just ice them at the same time. And then you really just piss off the 10 Green families. You're going to do it eventually. I don't care. That's the case story. But I'm going to go more surface level on the question at hand because I actually differ from you guys a little bit, both of you, on that in terms of her reckless nature. Uh, is it time to curb it or is it something that sets her apart from others? So although this is an oxymoron, I am a big fan of her if it was uh, facilitated recklessness. And 
not that this correlates to rack in any way, but I can't help but think mm. back to the uh, the door test where again, where Kun could make that decision. Rack just busted the door open and pretty much uh, Hong Hong So Hong So Hong Song Yu Hong Song Yu. Wow, I fully forgot that name. And he was like, "Yeah, you need these different um, you need these different mindsets and companions that balance each other out." And I feel like she is almost a good female version of Rack, where she doesn't care, she's balls to the walls, and is recklessness or is reckless. So if she's able to facilitate that more and actually like follow what Shibusu says and like relies on her other teammates and isn't just so selfish whatever she feels like she needs to do at that moment it could actually be a benefit and a good thing so I don't think that she necessarily needs to curb it in a sense but tone it down yes like dial that bitch back like down to one or two mm. but like I still think her reckless nature is important it diversifies the team and it is um, a personality trait that is beneficial However, to the extent that it's been amplified and that she's been using it as, it is a detriment and it needs to be solved, although I don't think it should be completely erased because it does it does make her an individual, it's important to her character, and I think it is important to the team. However, it does bring up problems when you just go balls to the wall, which she is known to do. So if she just dials it back, is able to control it more and facilitate it, I feel like it's just a win-win, so that is my two cents on it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, moving on. Uh, I think I got the next question here, so hopefully you guys enjoyed that discussion. Oh, by the way, that question was by Dark North Emperor Thank also. You. I didn't put the name in the uh, Thank question. Thank you, Dark North, yeah. um, for uh, making us waste our time. No, just kidding. <laughs> uh, no, seriously, good question. So anyway, number five uh, question comes from uh, – Riru, yeah, Riru, 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 um, R-I-R-U. So thank you for the question. It says, I think this arc is doing a great job of showing the differences between Kun and Shibasu as both the leaders and the strategies of their teams. What do you think about their dynamic? What are each of their strengths and weaknesses? So again, this kind of gets enveloped sometimes within the overall arching, you know, thing that we were talking about. So I don't want to go too hard into that. Uh, so I will keep it prob a little more, um, you know, face value here. Um, I think... Uh, I think Shibasu, I can't help but think, I actually have no evidence to back this up, but so fair enough. You can correct me if you don't think this is the case, but I do feel as if Shibasu, especially when we're comparing him to Kuhn, uh, definitely in most people's minds takes a really big backseat in terms of intellect, ability, you know, everything that it is that, that they can do and what they're capable of. Um, and I feel like some people sleep on Shibasu in terms of how relevant of a character he is and how intelligent he is and all of those things, right? Combined, I could go on. Um, because Kuhn is just such a likable character by so much of the audience that he kind of overshadows Shibasu. But I think sometimes I need to, because I'm guilty of this sometimes too, of like forgetting about it and then realizing, right? I feel like I have to come back once in a while to being like, no, Shibasu is like actually incredibly intelligent, um, like incredibly resourceful. And I would say, although he has his mistakes, a pretty damn good leader, all things considered. Um, I think Shibasu has a pretty difficult task laid ahead of him in the sense that he is not endowed with any sort of latent ability from the 10 great families. He is not a princess. He is not powerful in the physical sense by any stretch of the term. Um, he has virtually no sway in terms of things of the tower. Um, like, you know, as a whole, he is a normal person. He is like a hots, I guess, in his own way. Um, but through this, you know, I wouldn't say cunning because I think Kuhn fits more into the cunning bag here. Um, but just through his academic, as SIU puts it in his blog post, um, intelligence has been able to propel himself very far. And all the while, um, keeping morals, generally speaking, 
relatively intact, right? Um, like we see a lot of times we, again, SIU references this in his blog. He says that it's interesting that in this arc, um, Shibasu takes a more of a coon approach to the whole thing, right? With kind of the underhandedness, uh, using Viol and the, and the Fug name to kind of, you know, uh, achieve his ends rather than going in with a much more uh, academic and uh, logistical um, approach to it, right? So I think that's, it's interesting when you compare these two characters in general and their leadership style. I also feel that Shibasu has a very difficult task ahead of him um, in the sense that he has to wrangle in and Dorsey, who we just had a 30-minute conversation about, and Anak, who have their ridiculous problems of their own. They're both incredibly strong, um, headstrong, too, and stubborn. Um, and honestly, don't treat him, you know, it's hard to it's hard to garner that respect from those from those two people. Um, whereas someone, you know, like Kuhn in his scenario, um, for the most part, kind of has everyone on board with what it is that he's doing. They understand he's from the Ten Great Families. He is a Kuhn. They understand his just his latent ability. And there's, there's really no questions asked. He doesn't have to basically wrangle in a princess the entire time or do something along, or two of them, you know, if you want to count a knock, um, at all times of the given day. So I think Shibasu deserves a lot of credit and I think as a leader um, he's fantastic as a leader just in general the fact that he's able to keep all these people together in a cohesive unit um, is something to me that that speaks volumes uh, I think he's human so he has room to grow but I think that his strategy his strategies um, you know have worked so far and especially with the amount of things that he has to overcome um, we don't get to see it quite as much in action as we would with someone like Kuhn because we have so much panel time with him um, but I you know I think it's uh, I think it's something admirable and I think you know that's a strength of his to be able to keep his moral ambiguity or I'm sorry keep his moral morals grounded and uh, wrangle in all of these external factors uh, and try and go about this in the best way for his team and uh, and Kuhn's team you know at the same time um, but I want to you know I, whatever your guys thoughts are and especially you know if you uh, have any strengths or weaknesses on the side of Kuhn because I know you guys are definitely bigger Kuhn stands than I am so maybe you could speak to it a little better than I could um, yeah, I mean, just but just to answer the question in its entirety, um, I do definitely think that there's obvious dynamics, let's say, in both their leadership. Uh, one being that Kuhn is a little bit more um, sly, cunning, and a little bit more, um, well, I guess, like, naturally, like, naturally gifted in the sense of, like, his awareness of like his surroundings and like people and how to how to use all these chess pieces so to speak um because he just seems to have such a better understanding of like how people work how like what you know what x does to y and all that kind of stuff um where shibasu and not to fault shibasu but again i just think the dynamics are different i think wakun can rest on those laurels much easier shibasu has to sort of like work more uh to be you know this good leader he has to like actually like do a lot of like scouting and, and planning and like sort of do i guess what you would consider like the traditional groundwork of somebody who was leading this crew um i do think he also does have a tougher team to lead because he's got i mean i would say definitely at least two people on his team being endorosi and Anak, but i would even argue mo like just all of it like most of his team except for i think hots like actively probably don't always do what he says. You know what I mean? I mean, you have Enderosi, like I said, obviously in a knock. Um, but I would argue Laurel. I mean, that nigga is just always sleeping. <laughs> always sleeping. Never once do I think he sure. attends a meeting. Never once do I think he pitches in any of these plans. That man literally has people strap him to their backs on fucking clockwork 24-7. That doesn't feel like a team player to me. <laughs> so it's like Unreal. he definitely has a 
you know, a wilder basket, I guess, to, uh, you know, mm. to maintain where, but like one, I would argue if like you would you flip them as leaders, um, you know, this is where I'll get into their weaknesses and strengths because I think Kuhn, again, with having just such an innate better understanding of people and like the, the tower and like the places that they're in and circumstances might be able to wrangle in Shibasu's team quicker and might have an easier time personally doing it because Kuhn, because of the places Kuhn is willing to go. I think part of Shibasu's struggle in being able to wrangle his team together isn't just the fact that, like, he's not a Kuhn, right? Like, he's not as cunning and, and whatever, but is that he, like, often will take the more high ground. And he's like, all right, how can I make these people see what I'm trying to do, but, like, the right way? How, mm -hmm. like, you know what I mean? And that sounds like it's going to be a much slower process because Enderosi and Anak don't seem like people that you can, like, sit down with a <laughs> cup of tea and, like, talk, like, let's have a team meeting about our, you know, <laughs> you know all that stuff. Um, you know, and so, but in that way, it, it's like it's hard to I, I think the main difference in their, in their dynamics quite frankly is just that Kuhn is a little bit more uh, or a little bit less in his head emotionally unless we're talking about something that involves bomb uh, when it comes to making plans and when it comes to to predicting strategies and that stuff and is willing to utilize any tool at his disable or at his disposal sorry to you know get an outcome where Shibasu more times than not, will take the high ground. And I think a lot of what we saw in these latest, in this part of the arc and in these latest chapters is really just desperation on Shibasu's part. It was really just, again, because of this situation that Enderosi got them in, is Shibasu feel, you know, being the leader, trying having to cover everybody's tracks and having to be like, fuck, all right, Enderosi screwed up. Like, what can we do? What can we do? What can we do? Like, you know what I mean? And again, not having the um, tools or, or at his disposal, so to speak, to be able to just go out and fix it started to lean into this corner of desperation of like, okay, well, what's the one thing that would really fuck everybody up here? Oh, Viol. Right, we could, like, you know what I mean? And then, like, we even see it when Kuhn initially is like, no, we're not helping you. We see Chibisu panic because he's like, oh, fuck, this isn't good. I was, like, really banking on this, like, him saying yes and him helping us, and now that he's not, like, I, and, like, I think that, that is his only weakness, I will say, is that, like, maybe because he doesn't have the sort of, uh, awareness and talents that Kuhn does is he's a little bit more prone to like self-doubt and like panic than uh, you know say a leader like Kuhn is um but I think that's more personality to be honest than like their talents because even without Kuhn's gifts we know Kuhn as a person his personality is he's very much like no I am a ruler like I'm a person who gives orders and like like his mindset is just different than Shibasu I think Shibasu is, is a little um more like I'm the leader and like we're all part of this team this like you know so I feel like at the end of the day, like, you know, I pretty much ironed it all out, but I think that that's their sort of big weaknesses and strengths. Yeah. Gavin, what are your thoughts? And what do you think a weakness of Coons would be as a leader? Okay, so that's actually, I, I only had a little tidbit to add on to this, and I feel like um, as a whole, I feel like a strength for Shibasu and that it's a weakness for Coon is that I really feel like Shibasu is able to accept when he has made a mistake in his rulings and is willing to a, change the plan and bend to other people's plans or whim in terms of a better solution. Whereas Kuhn, when things do not follow the pan, do, uh, when things do not follow to his plan, or if people don't follow his plan the way he wants it to, he almost gets very dark and almost self-destructive where he gets very angry and like bitter. And he's like, you like, I'm right. Like, it's almost like, um, uh, he, he closes himself off and he's unwilling to accept other opinions that might actually be better because he's stuck in his own mind and that he's right at this time. And he's always right because I'm Kuhn and I'm a genius where Shibasu, I really felt that growth from this chapter where, yes, he messed up and he panicked, but ultimately 
he was able to reflect, step back, and then help Takun and Bam with his plans because he realized they might actually have a better route. You know, he didn't get all, like, deceitful or upset or angry and just thought a way to, like, finagle his plan through it. Like, he was able to step back and facilitate and re- like, just rethink and remap and really bend to other people's thoughts and, you know, wishes. Where I feel like Kuhn struggles with that, especially when it comes to other missing variables that don't come into play, where he's able to adapt. But there are times where we've really seen him just go into a scary place where we're like, yo, dude, you need to, like, calm down. Like, this is getting kind of bad. And he just gets in this, like, in-his-head crazy nature. So that's a flaw that I have seen from Kuhn and that we're probably going to see when more really big decisions come up in the future mm. and really get to see his dark side. So I still love the man. He's my number one. But you, it's just something that you know is there and we've seen before. Sure. And something that, you know, Shibasu is less susceptible to. Sure. Um, whether that comes with his ignorance or not, I don't know. But it's just his personality. So, yeah, yeah. you know, it's definitely nice to see. Yeah, very good points. Yeah. Uh, Isaiah, I think uh, next question is for you. All right. Next question comes from On2005. She says... As Enderosi said, countless Jihad princesses from the normal family die unnoticed, hence princesses from the ten grade families have a greater advantage over them have a greater advantage over them. So they try to get rid of such princesses from a normal family. Enderosi, not being from a ten one of the ten great families, has a greater threat on top of climbing the tower with a knock, as well as being affiliated with Bam. But no but not once has she had death knocking at her door until now. Using that to her advantage, to the Lopoba twins are trying to sabotage and kill Enderosi. Your thoughts on the reaction of Enderosi after hearing Bam say he can't help her after all of this? Mm. Um, so, does a little bit lean into one of the earlier questions that we had on here, yeah. which was the you Fourth know, uh, yeah, reaction to uh, you know Enderosi's reaction to Bam um, after they talk, and it's you know again, I guess you could just refer to that question if I'm being honest. So, really, the only thing I have to say on it is that. What are my thoughts on her reaction? Like, you know, uh, again, I think it's a little immature of her to, you know, sort of assume that Bam is saying he doesn't want to help her just because he ultimately doesn't like her or likes Rachel more or because her, again, immediately going to twist it into this ultimatum route of like, oh, I get it. So you're just picking, you're picking Rachel over me is not A, what Bam said and B, the point he was trying to make. Um, and so I, you know, again, I, I just think it echoes that her character isn't grown enough, you know, there's still room for her to improve and really, really like actually reflect. I think that's the big thing here. We've been talking about like Shibasu and like Shibasu has taken the actual time when shit goes wrong on his end to be like, all right, fuck, maybe I fucked up here or whatever. Um, I don't think Enderosi hasn't, you know what I mean? She had, I never once in the chapters we read, did I, was there a moment where I was like, okay, where she was like, you know, maybe I did fuck this up. Um, and I think that, her reaction proves it because when things go wrong, she's very quick to jump on somebody else's back or blame somebody else for the problems. So that's really it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would say, you know, a lot of my thoughts from before are echoed. Um, we definitely had plenty of words on that. So I refer to question four um, for all my thoughts on that. I definitely think her feelings are justified, um, but I guess um, justified and right are two different things or maybe I got that wrong. I think, I feel like I understand where her emotions are coming from and her feelings. And I do feel sympathy for them in terms of what you think is right. And it is, and is wrong maybe is a different story and a matter of perspective, you know, depending on where your allegiances lie and who you think needs what. But I do think that, uh, and Dorsey, uh, does need to grow. I mean, they all need to grow. Everyone needs to grow. They never stop growing as a character, but in Dorsey, it becomes painfully obvious, you know, in some of the chapters that we have here and just in general. And uh, thank you for the question, Anne. But 
Gavin, do you have anything else? No, kind of same thing. It's yeah. echoed, you know, with this question. I mean, if anything, it, it like kind of solidifies my thought where it's like the threat's always there. Like she's, they always are going to have targets on their back. Just bite the bullet and get it over sooner than later. So that's, that's <laughs> just, just that's die just already. No, 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 no. I'm like, you have Bam, you have Coon. Like you're never going to have a better team if you're going to take on these twins. So like. I would rather not take their words and just ice them. And well, get it I don't over think it's now. only the twins. That's one thing that, and I know you're not saying that in particular, but I want I want to get that across as you know someone who's, um, you know, maybe is thinking that or is a first time read through. Like they're talking about the Lopo Bia Ren, right? That's it. Well, Lo, it's actually Lopo Bia. Lopo Lo, Bia Lopo Ren is the specific is the, name of the, the guy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Lopo Bia family yeah. as a whole. Yes. So like they're they're I guess representatives of mm-hmm. the family right now, but um. Yeah. It's not only them. You no, know no, I, mean? I yeah, agree. Yeah. But like, just want to get that across. Yeah, but again, like when they climb up, eventually they're gonna have all. Of, they're gonna have jihad after them because, again, with the situation they're in, like, granted, that's in the future, but inevitably it's gonna lead to the same thing. So it's like you're gonna have all the families against you at one point, or at least you might have sex that aren't. But my whole thing is you're always gonna have targets on your back from ten families, and it, this is gonna be no difference or exception. So you know why? Why with the why risk everything else and still it's on the roll alliance of that family holding their word if you deliver said name like i'm sorry but they've are you you've already tried to get rid of her before with rice ball like i i'm not gonna give you something and then expect for you to turn the blind eye when eventually down the line jihad's gonna be like hey you might need to take care of this and then it's just gonna lead to them being sent out for like for me it's just a cycle that with this solution that she was given it's not going to solve anything. Like, it's literally just going to lead into another cycle. So just bite the bullet, kill the twins, and then just deal with it later, and you'll be with Bam and Coon. So that's, that's my two cents on it. Moral of the story, somebody else will clean it what? up. <laughs> <laughs> quite, quite literally. Oh, my gosh. Right, so I'm reading the next question, correct? You're reading, you, yeah, you're reading, you're reading the, the last, last question. question. The last friend. question is from the 29th Taco. Wait, the 29th? Yeah, 29th yep, Taco. Okay. <laughs> oh, that, that kind of threw me off. Uh, so far, we've seen backstories for Ran, Kaiser, White, and Yiwa. Any thoughts on the similarities and differences between the worldviews of the different families? Well, I'll go into it real fast. Sure. And um, I don't know. So I'll do the similarities. They're all assholes. And complete, <laughs> complete, utter pieces of trash. Like, if anything... I don't think they're much different where any of them is a nice family. Like, they're all trash. They all are pretty, like, emotionally and physically abusive to said children and quite literally don't care about them unless it benefits them in some long-haul route. So it's like, yeah, let's just get rid of all of them. Um, Yeah, destruction of the ten great families. But, um, Mm. yeah, I mean, worldviews, I guess you can say, I wouldn't even say Ran had it better in a sense. I guess his mom was more... Gave like because we've seen flashbacks of his mom giving Ran advice, yeah. especially was with that fighting his the Was that it? Was that no, his sister? Was his mom. I think yeah. it was his mom. Okay, it looked really similar to the one princess. Is the yeah, only reason I'm, to say that, and he's from the Muscheni, and so she. I'm going to go on. It's his mom. It might not be. If anyone's clarification um, on that, I'm curious. But anyway, yeah, that go would on. Be nice. I'm sorry, but um, if that was his mother, I guess there was at least some sort of person he could talk to within his certain situation that might be different from other families where, you know, you see um, White, who literally they, like, didn't even have a father. You know, you try to say something, he's like, yeah, no, if you're not strong, go, like, eat crap. Like, they didn't <laughs> they didn't have that advice, I guess, that maybe Rand did in talking to his mom, and even if it was some bittersweet stuff, like, at least she gave him something that he applied to his life and fight that actually helped him out in some sort of way. Um, yeah, Kaiser... Kaiser, and I mean, that's, yeah, that was I mean, I don't even have to explain it. We already went over that, refer to the last question, but I mean, one of the worst 
occurrences that could happen wasn't in that family. Question. What? It wasn't the last question. No, one of the last questions. Oh, one, oh yeah, one okay. of the last questions. We we already went in on it, but um, yeah, like horrible family and things that happened. Although I would say prior, she might not have had it all bad until the whole Princess of Jihad thing came up, because it seems like prior to her being that prospect. She lived in some sort of, you know, luxury, obviously, and had some good relations with her family until she dis or um, brought like shame onto them and went through this whole rigmarole. So maybe at an earlier life, she had, you know, a better upbringing with maybe some more positivity until this happened, and you know, her family pretty much shunned her and went through all these things. But pretty much, I would say they're all pieces of crap, and um, yeah, yeah, they should be um, demonetized. 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 No YouTube yeah. that, feels, that feels weirdly merciful. <laughs> you guys can live. You're just making no money from YouTube. Nope, not happening. Over That's my brutal. dead body. I want I wanted to apply it to our circumstances. <laughs> there you go. Um so I uh yeah, we've seen similarities and differences between these families and their worldviews. Uh similarities is really nothing new to add. They're all actual pieces of trash. Um the differences, though, which I do think are interesting, I don't think are, like, huge, but I do think it's interesting that they're there, right? So you, we do have families like the White family, which are, like, I think is about extremist as it gets when it comes to, like, the competitive aspect of being in the Ten Great Families and, like, what that means and the reputation where it's like, no, 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 if you're not strong enough to fight and beat me, like, I literally don't see you as a valuable, like, use of oxygen. Like, go <laughs> get strong or go die. Like, that's it. And so it's like... Not a lot of love and support there <laughs> um, where it's like, again, like you were bringing up uh, Gavin, where it's like the Coon family, at least if we're talking about the Macheny branch, referring to the flashback that uh, Ran had, it's like, there's some, you know, I don't know if you want to twist how, how to twist this yeah. support in the sense <laughs> that like the, that family is like, yes, we, the Coons are the best family ever. And if you see somebody from any of the other families, remind them that the Coons are the best. Yeah. That is the definition of elitist and wrong. But, like, there's, I guess, support in the sense that, like, that mom is not actively spitting in Rand's face and calling him trash. Yeah. So it's, like, at least he has, it's I like guess... delusional support. Yeah, he <laughs> has, like, the, the facade of being able to turn to his family for support. Um, whereas, again, I, you know, I bring up the, somebody like the Whites where it's, like, you're just, you're not getting anything from anybody. You know, if you're not strong enough to kill your parents, you mean nothing to nobody and go die. Um <laughs> And then we have families, Brutal. again, like the Kaisers, where it's like you were saying, it's like, oh, okay, well, their relationships are nice and, and everybody's kind of doing whatever <laughs> until this moment comes up. And then I would argue you really get to see how the families are because mm -hmm. I think any family could sort of charade and pretend to be all nice and happy-go-lucky. But, like, if her just simply choosing to love, like, put them in this much of a spiral, it's like, nah, they probably weren't that great from the jump. Um but, like, so I guess, again, like, while they're all similar in just how trash they are, it's interesting to see that, like, some of them still have this weird sense of, like, family, uh, like, camaraderie, where others, like, the literal family are their biggest competitors. Like, there is no greater threat to the parents of a, of a family or the head of a family than the people in their family, because they're the only ones that could potentially have the power to overthrow them and then take said power, whereas, like, I think... You know, again, and I don't even know how true this is, but like, let's just say families like the the Coons, uh, or at least specifically the Macheny branch, are very much like, no, we we the Coons collectively are better than everybody. Like, if you're a Coon, you're better than everybody else, and like that's you know, it's not about like the greatest Coon, or you know what I mean. I, at least that's what I've picked up so far. Um, yeah, uh, I, I think it's it's interesting though that they all, all those families grew up 
in this world of the tower mm. with those those ideas again however different they may be because I, I guess at the very least it says that they're not all 100% interested in just like or i guess like the image and idea of the great family does doesn't ring 100% the same to all the 10 families right there is some again however slight variation to like what y'all deem as like Priority number one. Mm, yeah, they're all pretty crappy. Yeah, yeah. Just in general, I get these guys really just hit it on the head. It's just different methodology in which they do it, or they hide it. Right? They all revere strength, but not strength through like strength through suppression, yeah. um, which is the wrong kind of strength to you know cultivate, uplift, and cultivate within your family and your children. So there's definitely that. We see it with uh, the Yeon family when uh, Iwa just cri- like burns that dude to a crisp and they're like, that's great, honey. You know, and they pat her on the head and it's like, no, no, that's not great, you know. Um, but they're like, you know, that's that's fantastic. That's fine. And then, like Isaiah said, you get the Ari family, which is definitely more extreme, where it's like not even that, like cultivating that. It's like, you know, you're just – you're garbage. <laughs> like, you're garbage you're until all garbage. the people who called you garbage are dead. <laughs> That's it. And me. You yeah, know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, what you're never yeah, going to yeah. do, so you're garbage. You know, like, that's I how I do they... find it interesting, though, that, like, and I this is just a more, uh, uh, you know, hat tip to SIU. I love the idea that these are the ten great families, mm. right? Because the word family, when, you, when most people hear it, rings with just this overwhelming sense of, like, unity and compassion. And it's like, all these families are anything but that. <laughs> so it, it's yeah. just so great. Like, when we the story refers to them, it's like, oh, these great families. These, like, that's their name, right? The ten great families. Yeah. So it's like, anytime you hear the ten great families, the, these are the people you think about. The worst people in existence sure. probably next to Jihad. It's such a great, like, dichotomy or duality mm. between, like, yeah. what the word actually means and like what they i just i love sure it. no no you're right anyway but like i said i think these guys nailed on, uh, hit the nail on the head with that one so anyway folks those are all of our questions that we have for you today i hope you guys enjoyed our discussion definitely a longer one um but there were some pretty big questions here and a lot of moral things going on which as you know i love personally discussing those kind of things trying to relate it to real life scenarios and such so um, if you guys have any thoughts, like I said before, so long as you're civil, uh, voice them in the comments down below. Let us know what you think about any of the topics that we went over or anything else that you found interesting within the chapters that we read in our live stream. Again, if you haven't seen those already, definitely check out our live stream of these chapters and definitely check out our blog post read through as well, which are both posted on our YouTube channel already. Make sure you guys are like, subscribe, subscribe, all that jazz. You know, the, you know the deal. See, I can't even talk now because I'm just, <laughs> I'm doing it like we've been at this for a while. Bottom line, hope you enjoyed it. Thank you to everyone who asked the questions um, in yes. general. Seriously, you guys are the best. And join our Discord if you want to be the next person potentially on this list um, and have your opinions and your voice heard by us. But until next time, thank you so much for watching. Thank you so much for listening. And we'll catch you on the flip. Peace. 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 Screaming out Bankai. We just some ghouls though. Who likes seeing parts fly?